Howdy, y'all. Welcome to Liberty Libations. Ah, about that. I'm there actually we go. Drink, drinking with y'all tonight. Yeah. Cheers, fellas. Oh, Slancha. All right. Welcome to Liberty Libations, the show where we, I don't know, talk nonsense about half the time and go deep down the rabbit hole the other half of the time. So if you haven't uh, seen the show before, um, stick around for a while because it gets uh, more interesting the more we drink and the longer we talk. So <laughs> if you'd like uh, to know any more information about the Libertarian Party or um, want to get involved in your local area, go to lpgeorgia.com slash join. If you don't happen to be in um, in Georgia, you can go to what is it? LP.com, right? LP.com is the national... I think it's LP.org. LP.org. That's right. LP.org. That's my bad. Don't go to LP.com. That's probably not that's liquidpetroleum.com or something. <laughs> could be like Louisiana Pacific or something. <laughs> yeah, could be. Um, yeah. So tonight, it looks like we've just got three of us. I believe Dave DeCamp should be here dropping by for a few minutes, somewhere around 8.30 or 8.40. So um, stick around for that for sure. Um, Steve, we've got... Uh, two topics lined up in the headlines. The first one um, that I want to talk about is why are breweries going out of business in Georgia? Oh gosh. So obviously for one, it could be the economic climate, uh, you know, with inflation running rampant, um, landlords going up on rent and everything like that. Cause a lot of these places don't own the property that they're on, you know, they lease. Uh, so one of the big breweries was Orpheus. Uh, they were huge on, you know, barrel aged anything. They did some great sours. You know, their IPA was okay, but that's that's not why you went to this place. Uh, <laughs> you you went there for the other stuff, and it was so good. And uh, it was right there on the Beltline, uh, so it was you know right there by the Murder Kroger, uh, just around the corner from there, like a two dollar scooter ride from there. And uh, it was a good time. You know, if you go there on a Saturday morning, you could go you know have a couple of beers, go around the corner, get something to eat, nice. and go over to Pont City Market and hang out. It was just right there in that little niche spot. Supposedly, they're still going to get distribution, uh, Orpheus is, but their head brewer, I think, uh, moved to, uh, where did he go? He's going to Amsterdam. What? I don't what know why you would have an award-winning brewery and just move to Amsterdam. I don't know. Seriously. It's got to be for yeah. love, right? Or to avoid love. I guess. I guess. I, you know, but so some of the others recently, like in the last 30 days, so we got Burnt Hickory up in Kennesaw. Uh, they've been there for 10 years. Um, I was there for their opening. Uh, dearly going to be missed by me. I know that because uh, mm. they had a, a cannon dragger IPA that was really good. They did. Uh, there was one beer they did for driving and crying. Uh, I think there was another another beer they did with uh, blackberry smoke. Um, mm. So I I don't know. They're not gone forever, according to their post. It's just that their tap room is closed indefinitely, and they're not making beer. Well, so that I'm, doesn't sound good to me. <laughs> uh, right, right. Doesn't sound like you're in a good spot. Sounds like you're looking for a new place. Um, yeah. have, have these breweries considered relocating to an office park to save on rent? Because from what I've heard, it's pretty cheap there now. Uh, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> that would be great, right? You go to the Microsoft office downtown. Uh, uh, Robert brings up a good point. Um, we never introduced ourselves. Uh, my, na my name is Jake Green. Uh, I'm the host of this show as well as the Free Georgia Podcast. We got Mr. Stephen Hilton, um, who is chair, what, vice chair. Vice chair. Vice chair of LP Fayette County. And we got Zane Placey, um, the chair of Fulton County LP. 
Zane, what are you drinking there? Uh, this is a pretty tropical concoction I got. Um, okay. My family took a vacation down to the Florida Keys a couple of weeks ago. And there's something that prevents me from, you know, spending $17 to buy a drink that's just vodka and cranberry juice. <laughs> but, you know, when I get home and can make that same drink for $1, then I'm going to do it. So, Amen. 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 That is, I mean, preach. Seven, yes, yeah. I'm drinking homebrew right here. So homebrew, nice. What kind yeah. of homebrew? This was uh, this was our kitchen sink IPA. So uh, we had some hops left over <laughs> from last year. <laughs> like we got to get rid of these things. So we just we threw the kitchen sink in it while it was boiling. So nice. well, yeah. Aside from the brewery shutting down, like what what is, I don't know much about breweries. I drink one beer, and that's the beer that should be the sponsor of this show. Guinness. Um, what, uh, what's the state of breweries here in, in Georgia? So uh, we've been establishing ourselves as, as a craft beer state. Uh, we are definitely not on par with like a Massachusetts or a Colorado or even a California by any means. Um, but we have been up and coming. Uh, the, the laws have gotten a little more lax and I say a little more, I mean, just Paquito in the last five years, let's say, what kind of I mean, laws I think would prevent breweries from opening and, and being successful? Well, I think so. I think it was in the last five years. I don't remember exactly when this law passed, but we just recently, I mean, in the last five to seven years, got the ability to go into a brewery and buy multiple pints, like sit down and have multiple pints. Yeah, like that was not a thing in Georgia just 10 years ago. You had to you had to pay, you know, they would charge you like 40 bucks for a tour and then your, your wrist bracelet had like, you know, five little dots on it. And then they would scratch one out when you got a sample and they give you like a four hour sample glass. So you only got, you know, two to three beers while you were there. You know, so now that's a recent development that we can go in there and buy pints and six packs and 12 packs to go. Uh, and so they're, they're working on some laws now <clears throat> to where we can go in there and, and buy. Oh, no. Well. Okay, well, I'll continue down uh, Robert's point, which is distribution requirements. I had a uh, free Georgia podcast with the Multi Brewer a few weeks ago, and the distribution requirements basically state that a brewery cannot distribute its own beer, which is absolutely insane. They're required to find a distribution company, um, which is not the same for, um, like, uh, distilleries or wineries. Um, it's literally only for beer um, breweries, which makes absolutely no sense. And it prices a lot of the breweries out of distributing their own beer. And so that's, that's yet another reason why um, legislation hurts local breweries. Um, oh, absolutely. And then uh, distribution requirements. Um, yeah, so we have, we have a, there's a three-tier system. It's supposed to be kind of like our, you know, you got the legislative, the judicial, and the executive. It's supposed to be kind of like that. So you got the, yeah. the wholesalers, the distributors, and the retailers. And it's mm. supposed to be, you know, three co-equal branches, but you get these big conglomerates like AB InBev and SAB Miller that can own distribution companies somehow. Uh, and then, you know, when you've got like AB InBev, which, you know, but by the way, Bud Light was recently dethroned as the top beer in the country. For Modelo, which it's is also, also owned by Anheuser Busch, <laughs> <laughs> so you can you can only expect so much out of people in terms of 
what they're willing to boycott. Dude, right. what's, what's hilarious is I was watching Tim Pool earlier and one of the, he's been railing against Bud Light for the, you know, since it, since it started and on their show was an advertisement for Modelo. <laughs> you can't, what are you thinking? And he knows he, he's it's like mentioned before that Modelo is owned by ABM Bev. And it's just like, if you're going to, if you're going to like rail against this and protest against it, you better go all out. That's <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's uh, to some degree, you can't get away from them. Like they are that big that you can't fully avoid them ever. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you can just deliberately not buy their actual finished beer products, but if you make beer, you know, there was new varieties of hops that were discovered in South Africa in the last few years. And AB InBev swooped in and bought all the farms. So, like, they, they wouldn't get the patent on the hop, but the only farms in the world that grow these hops are owned by AB InBev. Haha, uh -huh. everyone should just stop liking IPAs, which they never should have liked in the first place. Well, hey. hops are not for sale, okay? Those, those are, nobody holds patents on those. Interesting. They're not going anywhere. I mean, what if everybody just stopped drinking? Well, I guess th that would be the end of this show. We would, we would no, long, no longer have a show. Yeah, what would we have? A soda stream? <laughs> soda stream. That's good. Yeah, we could base it all around sugar, which is probably way worse for you than than alcohol in the long run. I guess oh, yeah. you're drinking a lot. But, but I, and so I've I've got an LLC. I've got a brewery and planning technically, and just you know preliminary talks we've had with the attorneys. Uh, you know, if we hit all the green lights, it's nine months. Through the permitting process it's going to cost us at least ten thousand dollars before we can even start to make a beer that's insane man like yeah yeah i mean i completely agree with ron swanson every single time i hear this quote which is um it should be this easy to start a business here i have an apple to sell will you buy my apple done <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> it's absurd it's absurd like nine months just to start a brewery but do you know if the same legislation is there for uh like a distillery or a winery oh absolutely yeah because half of these over half of the permitting process is federal laws because mm. as you you go through all the federal red tape first and then you do the local stuff and if you meet the federal and the local regulations the the state just rubber stamps it at that point well this is why this is why action at a local level where you can nullify these laws um is such a good way to do this if you can get the sheriff and and your local mayor on your side um and you can just push that paperwork through and screw the feds man forget the absolutely feds. well you, you need your zoning director as well uh or okay. somebody on the planning commission yeah because uh, you know here in fayette county uh just in the last few years we've had some breweries open up they had to they had to force the planning commission to rewrite the zoning code to allow for a brewery because that was not an allowed use in certain zones. There was because they were like, well, we've never had one. We've never thought to codify this. And it's like, well, how about if you hadn't thought of it yet? There's no rules against it. Yeah. How about that? You don't have to make a rule if one doesn't exist <laughs> to prevent something or allow something to happen. Like just treat it like food service. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah, it's like yeah. I want to open a restaurant. Okay, well, we hadn't thought that a restaurant could be opened here. Um, let's make a law that makes that legal. Well, okay, right. how about just don't make a law and just say okay, do it. Like right. goodness gracious. Yeah, we don't yeah. have a law making that legal. Well, then you don't have anything particularly banning it. So stop right. me. Yep. Yep. 
Robert, jury notification is a real thing. You're darn right. Yeah, people people do not know about that at all. People don't know that uh, like city city mayors can can have a whole bunch more power than than people think. Um, and yeah, I, I reference it all the time. But you know, going back to Shane, Shane got uh, what, what did he get knocked out of civil asset forfeiture? Civil asset initiative. What? The Helios Initiative, right? Yes, just go to the Helios. Uh, I believe it's RadicalPod.com. You can check out his Helios Initiative, which has like the exact wording of what you'd want for different things to get nullified. And it's fantastic website. Well, you answered my question then, because I was wondering how he went about that. I, I want to... Oh, he did it. He wrote it. Great. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's a... Uh, constant i mean he just knows the constitution back backwards and forwards and knows how to write that stuff so he wrote out i think he's written four so far um gun control uh marijuana um civil asset forfeiture and something else i can't remember the other one but uh you just go present that and you're you're well on your way it's like it's a great start to to getting things done um yeah. What else? Anything else about breweries we should know about? Because yeah, I so, about so uh, other breweries, uh, Second Self, uh, I believe they were out of Decatur. I don't remember exactly where they were, but I've, I've been there a few times. They had a cool venue. It was like a warehouse kind of thing. Um, a couple of my buddies started out bachelor parties there, and so they had like a little game room in the back you can rent. So we, you know, we were back there. You know, had a boombox, had our own TV, Nintendo GameCube. Um, <laughs> Nintendo you know. GameCube. Oh yeah, yeah. It was it was cool stuff. Fast. They had good beer. Uh, it's just what got distribution down here to the south side. Not my favorite. Um, so, I, I don't know. People say they had mediocre beer. So, that might be, you know, as as we get saturated with more and more breweries, the competition is going to get more stiff. Yeah. Um, and people, you know, that are uh, part of national conglomerates, regional conglomerates, or Grand Moss Trust Fund are obviously going to have deeper pockets and more capacity to make crappy beer and outlast you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's part of what's going on as well. That what went on in Asheville 15, 20 years ago. Uh, and that's what led to, you know, great breweries like Wicked Weed having to sell their soul just to survive. Because uh, mm -hmm. I even went there, uh, made, made my pilgrimage to Mecca. Uh, it was it was the year they sold their soul, too. And I, I went and uh, one of their brewers was there. He's like, man, why'd you do it? Why'd you do it? And he walked me out to the strip. He said, look up there. As far as you can see, what's on this strip? And I was like, breweries? He goes, exactly. He goes, look that way. As far as you can see, what's on the strip? Like breweries? He goes, yeah. He goes, you know what? They all have at least $20 million in the bank. I've met half of them. You know how much I have in the bank? I was like, I don't know. He's like, not $20 million. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, and there was no other way I was going to get my beer to Georgia and Florida and Alabama unless I sold to these folks. I was like, okay. That makes sense. Robert, people hate on the butcher, man. Kombucha, come on. Kombucha is so good. I had one today. Somehow, I'm in this tiny little town in the middle of nowhere, Montana, and they have freaking kombucha at the local gas station. Wow. Yeah. I, I couldn't believe it. Like, Because it, that stuff expires pretty quickly, and so I couldn't believe that there's enough demand. I mean, there's probably 2,000 people in this town. I can't, couldn't believe there's enough demand to uh, actually sell kombucha at the local shop. Two kinds! It didn't really go bad, because it was like what is it? Just the, the SCOBY? What is it? A little disc at the bottom? Yeah, I forget what that's called. You can save that and propagate it. 
Yeah, Robert, I know that it's easy to make your own, but I really don't want to spend the time to do that. Like, <laughs> to learn all that and to go through it, I just don't want to do it. And Trilogy already makes the one that I love, and I'm not going to stray from it. So, um, have, Zach. Have either of you ever tried uh, Kava? Ka the, yes. The restaurant yeah. chain? Or the no, oh, no, 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 no. Gotcha, no. Yeah, essentially... Um, for the listeners, imagine drinking out of a dirty puddle, and that's what drinking kava is like. <laughs> it, doesn't kava kind of get you, like, high a little bit? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Uh, not the one that I had. <laughs> you, someone Maybe sold I you non-kava. Yeah. <laughs> someone I sold you puddle water, man. <laughs> I was uh, apparently at the wrong kava bar. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure there's a drink that comes in something that's about, like, it looks like a five hour energy and half of it is a serving. Um, and so you're only supposed to drink half of it, but some people will accidentally drink the whole bottle their first time. And it, yeah, there we go. Mildly psychedelic. So they'll start tripping after drinking this stuff. Um, I've got some uh, Kava Kava pills. Uh, hmm. I'll take a couple of those when I'm on vacation, get in the hot tub, take a nap, which is totally safe. <laughs> That <laughs> yeah, sounds safe. Nobody's ever drowned that way. <laughs> no, not at all. How about you just bring your toaster into the bathroom while you're at it? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> well, Zach, let's uh, let's bring up that first uh, link that I shared with you. Here we go. Let's go, go ahead and click on the sound icon down there so it plays the sound as soon as you click it. This is something I found on Instagram. Don't know how old it is, um, but uh, click on the sound first or not. Oh, there we hey, go. Hey, how are you? I'm doing well. So explain this for us. You actually had a home that Wells Fargo came to you and said, look, you need to take out a homeowner's insurance policy that you don't think it's worth the value of your home. What did you do to Wells Fargo in response? Uh, I told them I wasn't going to uh, renew that policy that they were having me renew. I had an insurance policy on my house, which I had bought for $180,000. And uh, Wells went to the insurance company and said that they wanted me to insure it for a million dollars. Uh, and as you can imagine, the premium on a policy like that is through the roof. So uh, I said, no, I'm not going to do it. And yeah. they said, well, we're going to do it for you. And they force placed an insurance policy for me that doesn't cover me. It only covers them. And uh, that was the genesis of a dispute with them that's been running for nearly two years now. Well, we did reach out to Wells Fargo, got no response from them. It sounds just like your experience with them. No response at all. I don't know why they're so playing this idiotic music in the background. No, I'm not surprised at all. You also then found an interesting loophole. Well, not a loophole, but you found an interesting law dating back to the 1970s, which enabled you to, to, to work, work this angle, which is they needed to respond to you within 20 days. They needed to res uh, respond to you with written responses to your inquiries. They didn't do so, and therefore... You were able to place a levy on their office and foreclose on them? Uh, that's true. There's a law called RESPA, and there's a uh, 20 days nice. that they have to acknowledge receipt of your request. And then they have 60 days to actually respond to that request. And if they don't, you, it's possible for you to collect damages and even additional fines on top of the damages. So I took them to court here in Philadelphia through the municipal court system. I won a judgment. 
They ignored the judgment. The court uh, advised them they had to pay. They ignored that court's advice. <laughs> and so uh, I got a sheriff's levy. And when they ignored that, I ordered a sheriff's sale on their branch in downtown Philadelphia. <laughs> and uh, they still weren't going to pay. But let me tell you, when the media coverage started and it was on the front page of the business section that their office furniture was going to be sold off to pay a judgment, I had a check in my hands the next day. Brilliant. And I can imagine a lot of viewers this morning waking up wondering if they're in a similar position. Do you think that your story opens the floodgates for other people All right, watching Zach, you this can morning? take it off now. I think it does. I mean, <laughs> that is fantastic. So that was a Fox card. Right. That was a Fox News interview with a guy you couldn't tell on the screen because it was kind of jumpy. The dude is, I mean, about the close, it, it said interview, like it was a vampire. Like he thinks he's a vampire, I think, because uh, he has the long, uh, whatever those are. He has like, I don't know what tooth number that is, but yeah, canines on the top and bottom. He has those. <laughs> um, and yeah, man, he just did the Uno reverse um, on the freaking Wells Fargo Bank in his local community because they forced him to get an insurance policy that he didn't want. And man, I thought that was about the most brilliant use of the law that, that I've seen in a long time. What do y'all think? No, oh, that's great. Go for it. Zane. Oh yeah. I mean, it's really awesome that for the first time that I've ever heard of a municipal court is actually able to operate quick enough for something like that to work. <laughs> Usually, <laughs> usually you'll file a lawsuit like that and they're like yeah your court date is in five years and then right. by the time it gets around to it you know you're already up the creek with no paddle but i guess to provide a qualified defense of the bank in this situation they do have an interest in you having an insurance policy on your house because if you have a loan from them uh of like two hundred thousand dollars obviously you don't personally have that amount of money Right. So if your house burns down, then you have no collateral and the bank's like, oh, no, how are we going to be paid back? So in that case, they would want the insurance policy on your house so that they're not going to lose their collateral. Now, of course, if they're demanding you get a one million dollar policy on a house that's worth one hundred and eighty thousand dollars, that doesn't make sense. But just a. Uh, as the resident financial person on the show, I need to explain why they're not completely evil. Yeah, that, that's that's fair. Except they did want a million dollar insurance policy on on a on a house that was one hundred and sixty or one hundred and eighty or whatever it was thousand dollars. Like there there's something dirty there. I don't know what it like what they're thinking, but like it just seems like a big bully trying to push around somebody who who is you know has no power. Well, turns out Wells Fargo has a history of doing that kind of stuff. And, mm. um, you know, I'm ashamed to say I was still one of their clients. Um, mm. I, you know, I got, I got my $3 and 73 cents from the class action, you know, when they were, uh, opening credit accounts and people's names without telling them and stuff. Mm. Cause apparently people's jobs depended on how many accounts they opened. And, uh, so there were branch managers all over the country that were just opening accounts and closing them and opening accounts closing, just so they could tell their superiors, oh, well, hey, well, we opened 5,000 accounts this month. And they're like, great. And then, of course, then you do the math, and they're like, well, 85% of the country has an account with Wells Fargo? <laughs> you know, how does this work? You know, there's a documentary going around about that right now. There was a there was a big system in place inside Wells Fargo, and it was causing the employees to do some shady stuff just to protect themselves. And uh, this is probably part of it. Yeah. 
And like, you know, Wells Fargo has been shady since the beginning. They were part of the creation of the Fed. Well, their, their takeover of he is just uh, his internet's crapping out today. But uh, yeah, who was it that was at the origination meeting for the the origin meeting for the Fed? Zane, it was it Paul I mean, Warburg? It was, it was representatives for all of the major banks. Yeah, was, but I, I, I was trying around. to remember. I was trying to remember who it was specifically representing Wells Fargo, and I think it was Paul Warburg. Um, oh, are you sure it wasn't Scrooge McDuck? <laughs> <laughs> no, he was representing Chase. Um, <laughs> mm. But yeah, Paul Warburg was there. Uh, interesting and compelling story um, of a guy just learning the law, learning how he can get away with not being bullied by a corporation who's way bigger than him, who's clearly trying to take advantage of him. And, and yeah, kind of use the, albeit flawed court system we have um, to, to help him out of a jam. So I thought that was pretty, pretty cool story. Um, yeah. You got any other comments on it, Zane, besides uh, defending the big banks? Yeah, I know. I mean, we'll just put the Fed label on me now and get it over with. I don't, I don't have, I don't have a Fed label for when there's only three of us. So that's huge. Yeah, there you go. Huge so how about a not Fed label and you just put it on yourself? So, yeah, I, I mean, I can do, he's half a Fed. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah, Paul Woodward was elected. Uh, he was elected to the Board of Wells Fargo in 1914, 1910. Yep. Yep. That's what I thought. So they were around for the origin of completely destroying the value of our money. <laughs> Woohoo. Um, all right. Let's, uh, let's watch the first two minutes of, of this Tucker Carlson clip because it's hilarious. Hey, it's Tucker Carlson. On Tuesday afternoon, the Biden administration had Donald Trump arrested. It was a pretty big news story. You may have seen it. Just before 9 p.m. that night, as part of its coverage, Fox News ran two live video feeds next to one another. On the right, Donald Trump addressed his supporters in New Jersey. On the left, Joe Biden spoke at an event for the Secretary General of NATO in Washington. Beneath those videos at the bottom of the screen, Fox's banner read this way, quote, wannabe dictator speaks at the White House after having his political rival arrested. Those words are up for less than 30 seconds, but the effect was immediate. Inside Fox, the women who run the network panicked. First, they scolded the producer who put the banner on the screen. Less than 24 hours after that, he resigned. He'd been at Fox for more than a decade. He was considered one of the most capable people in the building. He offered to stay for the customary two weeks, but Fox told him to clear out his desk and leave immediately. Then the company issued a public apology for the 27-second-long so wannabe dictator line. Quote, the Chiron was taken down it's immediately. Oh, so not Fox offensive. Said, <laughs> just absurd. And then added ominously, <laughs> get, quote, addressed. You have to resign over that. That was all true. But it was not enough to save Fox News from the ensuing scandal. For a time in the rest of the media, Fox's assessment of Donald Trump's arrest seemed to overshadow Trump's arrest itself. <laughs> Suggesting that Biden is a dictator, declared the Washington Post, quote, cross the line. Alexander Vindman <laughs> agreed strongly. Vindman is the perennial right, MSNBC Zach, can, guest in full-time <laughs> Even though Trump was literally Hitler for six years, even though he served right. for four. How many people called Trump Hitler who are now saying <laughs> calling Biden a dictator is crossing the line? It's I mean, first of all, 
hilarious that that got on the air at Fox News for 30 <laughs> seconds. Like, <laughs> phenomenal. I, 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 how did that even happen? Like, that, that producer is like my hero. That's amazing. And that's what a Chiron is. That's what I just learned. Yeah, I didn't know what a Chiron was. I, I saw Chiron in the headlines yeah. today. I thought it was a mythical creature. That's what I, <laughs> I was. I was picturing something like a messed up phoenix or something, <laughs> like half a centaur. You know, oh, Zach's Zach's uh, chiming in with Biden as a wannabe dictator. <laughs> um, Corn pop is a bad dude. You don't want to mess with him. Was yeah. it? Um, was he saying that it was a reporter at the Washington Post that was saying that? Oh, calling Biden a dictator across the line. And yes. they're the very same people that their slogan is democracy dies in darkness. <laughs> <laughs> and I love how Tucker threw in the, uh, the women that run the network. <laughs> yes. Y'all catch that one? <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> I mean, it's so dang funny. He, he also, in that clip, goes on to talk about how people, uh, let's see. Oh, no. How people, he just quoted people talking about how, uh, tweeting out that this was a horrible offense and, so many people were screaming about it and people were whining and crying and like getting just all upset that we called that somebody called Biden a wannabe dictator, even though he's literally sending the feds his political rival, which I don't know that that screams dictator to me, but that's just my opinion. What do y'all think? Yeah, well, absolutely. And by the way, Trump did that too. Um, well, yeah, he's a dictator. <laughs> they, I'm pretty, they all I'm are. pretty sure they've all done it. <laughs> it just it just wasn't quite headlines while he was doing it. You know, he was he was making waves elsewhere, and then in the smokescreen doing that exactly. Uh, but yeah, exactly. I mean, in our lifetime, I mean, Clinton did it, Bush did it, Obama did it. Uh, it's just it's it's just part of the playbook. <laughs> Joey Dell, to be accurate, Biden is a dictator. Kamala is the wannabe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not so, sure either one know what they're doing in their respective roles or even know what their respective roles are. Well, Kamala knows exactly what she'll do for the power. She just doesn't know what she'll <laughs> do with it. <laughs> what, what were you about to say, Zane? I don't know if um, either of you saw this, but you know how Biden recently ordered uh, issued an executive order about his you know, uh, student debt relief plan? Yeah. Well, the House and Senate both passed a bill to override that executive order, but then Biden was able to veto them overriding it, which what? is the exact opposite of how all of this is supposed to work. They're supposed to be able to override it and it's supposed to be done, correct? Well, because it was an executive order, or at least like his interpretation, his administration's interpretation of a law, mm -hmm. you would need an additional law to pass to override that. And because right. the president is able to veto new law, like bills before they become laws, you're, he's essentially able through this kind of clever maneuvering to do whatever he wants and require a supermajority in both houses to stop him from doing that. <laughs> Man, what is our political system, dude? Oh, also, Great. Elizabeth chimed in. A Chiron is a centaur, so you weren't far off. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. Uh, if y'all, I mean, I'm sure you have. Did you watch the movie Vice? No. 
You didn't mm. watch the movie Vice with, oh my gosh, you guys make me so sad sometimes. Christian, you, Christian Bale played Dick Cheney. Oh, I, didn't see it. I did not I, see that one. I, I, oh, I actually, I did watch that. I did watch that. It was pretty, pretty good. It was, it was dang good. You're did that come out right after he ruined John Connor? Um, that man overacts everything. Hey, hey, so. hey, 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 hey. Let's not pile on to Christian Bale. Okay, he is, might be one of the best actors of all time. You can shut your dadgum mouth. He's he's got his good movies, <laughs> uh, but it's not Batman or Terminator. It, what? What? <laughs> hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. We have to take a pause with the political talk for a bit. Um, there you go. What? Uh, tell me what your problem is with him as Batman. Uh, well, I grew up with Michael Keaton as Batman. Okay, okay. and so and? now now we have a guy that is obviously making effort to mask his voice. You know, it's just... That's, that's your complaint? He is oh, yeah. the best Batman. Robert agrees with me. Or no, he's one of the best. Whatever, he's one Robert. of the... No, it's, it's Michael no, no. Keaton and then Val Kilmer. What? No! Are, have you lost And then Ben Affleck. Mind? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm going to have a heart attack. Look, Dark Knight might be... Actually, no. Not might be. Dark Knight is the best superhero movie that has ever been made. Agreed. And might be the best superhero movie that will ever be made. Batman Begins is number two. Um, and Batman Begins only gets overlooked because of how good Dark Knight was. But Batman Begins, I mean, I, I just can't believe that you think Christian Bale was a bad Batman. You're, you're, you're a lunatic. When, when he's speaking, I didn't like it. Oh my you gosh, know. I hate you. Oh, joining the stream, Mr. Dave DeCamp. How you doing, Dave? Good. How you guys doing? Great. Pretty good. Uh, cheers. Uh, I, cheers. I think Christian Bale's a good Batman. I don't know. Yeah. If that's I a controversial agree. opinion, but it, well, I think Stevens is the controversial opinion. Steven Maybe so. I look, I know when I'm in the minority. I'm not gonna look. push this one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Michael Keaton was a good Batman. I'm not like he was, but Christian Bale's movies were way better. Just like hands down, he was better Batman, better movies, better director, better everything. Um, anyway, we got a new guy coming to the stream, Dave. Um, why don't you? Uh, we we release this in podcast form, so not everybody can see you. Why don't you uh, give a little intro to yourself? Who are you? Uh, yeah, so I'm Dave DeCamp. I work for AntiWar.com. Uh, I'm the news editor there. Pretty much what I do is just cover the news. I write kind of short news summaries every day. And I do a podcast, too, called Anti-War News. And, yeah, that's what I do. So you guys are Georgia LP, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, I, I'm an LP member. I'm not too involved, but I've been kind of getting more involved pretty recently uh, going to conventions and stuff. Oh, nice. You know, that's, that's kind of like I like to kind of, you know, help out if I can with the foreign policy stuff because we're a nonprofit, antiwar.com. So, like, mm -hmm. I can't do, you know, unfortunately, I can't really use, like, my platform to do LP stuff, but I like kind of, you know, I like being involved. It's, you know, what I'm most politically aligned with is the LP. You know, we're right. libertarians, you know, for those not familiar with antiwar.com, mm -hmm. you know, the staff, you know, we, we publish stuff from all over the political spectrum, you know, from leftists and conservatives, whatever, but the staff is pretty hardcore, you know, Rothbardian libertarian. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And for those, if y'all don't, Go to antiwar.com. You really should. Um, I check in there every day because uh, great articles, great stuff. You learn a whole lot. And you get takes that you're never going to get um, anywhere else. 
I'm adding my favorites. I'm just reading through the headlines. I mean, it's just straight to the facts. Like you're not, you're not throwing your opinion in the headlines just to get clicks. And yes. uh, really, really cool feel. Really easy navigation. I like the website, man. This is yeah, it's kind of old school layout. <laughs> yeah. One thing we're working on updating it because uh, it looks. It, we're going to kind of keep the same layout, just because I kind of like simple headlines, top down. Mm-hmm. But just to make it like dynamic, so it's better on a phone because it's the site's been around forever. Our, my boss founded it in '95, and they did a big update in like 2003. And I don't think they've, and you know, that was the last update. <laughs> it's such like a big project. Like there's so many archive, like it's just such a big project doing the update. So we're finally doing it and that'll yes. be done soon. So yeah, that, a lot of times I mean, I'll, go on, I'll go on like somebody's show or something and I'll on YouTube and I'll see in the comments be like, man, that site looks like it's from the nineties. And it's like, Oh, it is. <laughs> yeah. But it, it makes it way simpler and like you're not distracted by a whole bunch of stuff. All you got to do is read the daggum headline and click on what you want to read. Mm-hmm. Whereas, right. It's like, like uh, it's like slash dot, you know, yeah. but for international news instead of IT stuff. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Everybody knows what slash dot is, Stephen. Sorry. <laughs> <What? Okay. laughs> anyway, uh, Zach, let's bring up uh, let's bring up that tweet. Let's see. Dmitry Medvedev says, based on the proof of Western countries' complicity in blowing up the Nord Stream pipelines, we have none, not even moral limitations left to refrain from destroying our enemies' undersea communications cables. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. That, uh, that doesn't uh, bode well for, <laughs> for, for the future of this uh, war escalation. Uh, Dave, do you have any uh, thoughts on, on that tweet? Yeah, so Medvedev, he's kind of, throughout the war, he said, you know, his rhetoric has been pretty intense. You know, he kind of goes over the top. Just recently, he was saying that, you know, the the Russians, because of the British involvement in the war, because they were the first ones to send longer range missiles, he, he said, you know, British officials are legitimate targets for Russia. So he kind of says stuff like this a lot. Right. But it's definitely concerning. I mean, you know, the U.S. and NATO are so involved in this war and Russia has made pretty clear that, you know, they view that they're basically fighting a war against NATO, which, you know, they basically are just without NATO. You know, it's Ukrainians that are being killed. But, you know, the U.S., they're just so involved that, you know, it's kind of it's scary because Russia does have the pretext if they want to, you know, launch an attack on NATO. And, you know, that rhetoric Medvedev, again, he's just you know, he's kind of been saying stuff like that for a while. So it's easy to, it's easy to brush off, but at the same time, you know, we should realize kind of what we're, what we're dealing with here, you know, how far into this thing we are. Yeah. I do remember him saying about that thing about the British officials and being able to target them whenever they want That, uh, yeah, he, he does say some very interesting things that, that are cause for alarm if you take them seriously. Um, yeah. I mean, I definitely could think of at least a few moral reasons why they should not go around blowing up the undersea <laughs> communication cables. But given that we're essentially in a prophecy war with Russia already, what do countries that are at war do? They blow shit up. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing, you know, talking because he's saying the Nord Stream attacks. I don't know how close you guys have been following that, but, you know, there's a Seymour Hirsch report that said the U.S. did it that said Biden blew him up. Um, there hasn't, you know, really been confirmation of his report. I think U.S. is definitely the prime suspect because they were trying to stop those pipelines with sanctions. And Biden and Victoria Nuland vo- both threatened before Russia invaded. They said, if Russia invades, you know, we're going to yeah. take care of those pipelines one way or another. 
But the official story now from like Washington Post and New York Times reports and there's been all sorts of reports, you know, all through throughout Europe, you know, all their media outlets. The official story is basically that Ukraine did it. (laughs) And, you know, you look back at the time that the pipelines blew up. There's so many people in the U.S. uh, media in Congress and Europe just immediately blaming Russia. Um, yeah, so now they're saying that the U.S. warned Ukraine not to attack the pipelines. Like, they're throwing Ukraine under the bus is what it seems like, trying yes. to pin it on them. So, you know, and if Ukraine did do it, I mean, they must have had some help. And obviously the U.S. was aware of the plan. Like, it didn't take them by surprise. So, you know. And whose Navy was running a drill in that sea that week. Yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> Interesting. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, so it's like, and then there's been all these attacks in Russia, which, you know, again, if this was just a Ukraine versus Russia war, of course, Ukraine, you know, there's nothing wrong with them striking inside Russia. But there was a group of neo-Nazis, like literal neo-Nazis that are, they're actually Russians who've been fighting for Ukraine. They're called the Russian Volunteer Corps. Hmm. They attacked Russia inside Belgorod, the region that borders Ukraine with mm-hmm. American weapons, with American armored vehicles and NATO rifles. Like, it's crazy that we're at this point now. I mean, you can't, because we always try to put the shoe on the other foot, you know, when we're talking about this stuff, say, oh, how would we feel if Russia had a military base in Canada or something? But, like, you can't imagine if neo-Nazi, Canadian neo-Nazis invaded the U.S. with Russian weapons. <laughs> like, we can't even fathom that. Like, right. it's just, we're just so far. And it's like, I can't believe that we're here. You know, looking back just a year or two ago, like I didn't think things would get this bad, but no kidding. This yeah. is where we're at. I mean, at what point does Russia just like come out and say like we're at war with the United States? Like I, I, I don't understand how we're still tiptoeing around this, considering how much aid we've sent to them, considering there are Americans on the ground there, even if it's of their own volition. Like, um, yeah. Well, and, and and I've seen that you guys uh, ran this article, Dave, uh, about the depleted uranium rounds. Mm-hmm. So. It's been kind of, you know, like we all know they've been used and we're the primary source of them globally. Um, you know, if there's a war zone and we're there and they're being used, we probably supplied them. But there's about to be a White House edict like this is about to be in writing from command mm-hmm. that we're sending DU rounds over there. This is a flagrant international act of war, which merits any response. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the the British already sent them, you know, officially. And the U.S. probably already sent them with the Bradley fighting vehicles. They, they didn't say, like, the White House was asked about it, and they refused to say. But, yeah, you're right. Now it looks like it's going to be official sending them there with the Abrams tanks. And the EU, you know, there's kind of all this, like, U.S. government-funded research that tries to downplay how bad the depleted uranium is. But if you just look at Iraq, where the U.S. used a ton of that stuff in the Gulf, both in the Gulf War and, you know, after the invasion, cancer rates just spiked because uh, it is radioactive. It's not as radioactive as enriched uranium, but it's still slightly radioactive and it basically poisons the land. And there's still birth that- defects in Fallujah today. Like, it's really horrific. There's a hospital that has a Twitter account that posts the uh, babies that come out totally deformed and then they die within like a day or two. Oh, yeah. Well, and you can just search for Fallujah babies. And that's yeah, that's a real thing. Now, of course, the you know, the hair lip or cleft lip, whatever the proper term is, you know, that was always kind of like an issue in Iraq and a lot of third world countries. Uh, But beyond that, there's some stuff. There were some deformities that were not there before we arrived. Mm hmm. You would think that Biden, of all people, would know about uh, weapons that give people cancer. 
Yeah, that's think. true. You would think. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's almost like he doesn't ever think about it or doesn't care at all. It's you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's interesting because for a while he didn't say that. At least I didn't think he said that his son was killed. You know, because he served in Iraq. Mm. Um, but lately he that he has been saying that. You know, because it's always been suspected that it was like the burn pits. Yeah. Um, I remember some like Iraq veterans confronted him when he was running. I don't know if you guys saw this video when he was running for president. Um, he was confronted by some Iraqi veterans and said, oh, you sent, you know, you, you lied us into this war. And our friends died. And he's like, my son died. And he, they were like, yeah. oh, like they didn't know what to say to him. They're like, oh, yeah, I guess he did. Yes, he did. It's kind of, yeah. yeah, it's crazy. It is crazy. Yeah, it's just crazy that someone who's so close to, like who's had such a personal impact from war is is still completely okay with with prolonging war and keeping that going knowing full well like the pain and suffering that he and his wife and their whole family like went through um after their son died like that's just crazy to me i can't i can't fathom that it's almost like it's the source of his wealth or something <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> um uh zach can we pull up the uh the ron paul tweet um, and his video, I think he's got a little two-minute two minute deal in there. U.S. warned Ukraine not to attack Nord Stream. CIA pressed Kiev weeks before the explosion sabotaged the natural gas pipeline, bringing Russian gas to Europe. And if we can go to the next one, this is from the article. CIA warned Ukrainian government not to attack the pipelines last summer uh, after it obtained detailed information about a Ukrainian plot to discover a main energy Connection between Russia and Europe, officials familiar with the exchange said, now this means it's an anonymous source, so we have to take that with a grain of salt. Apparently it happened in June. The CIA called up Kiev and said, hey, we heard you guys are going to blow up the pipeline. Don't do it. Bad idea. And then Ukraine, <laughs> a couple months later, did it anyway. Um, now this contradicts, as you suggest, Dr. Paul, the Seymour Hersh article, um, which <clears throat> uh, has been mostly ignored by the mainstream media, which is that the U.S. government attacked the pipeline itself. The U.S. military assets attacked the pipeline itself. The question I have with this article is how does it help the U.S., the U.K., the pro-war position to have this as the answer? No, 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 we didn't do it. It was Ukraine that did it. Because if you think about it, the U.S. warns Ukraine, don't attack a NATO country. Ukraine says, we're going to do it anyway. So they attack a NATO country. The response of the U.S. to Ukraine attacking NATO, essentially, as such, is here's some more weapons. Want some money? Here's some more money. And by the way, we'd love to have you in NATO. So you're going to welcome into NATO a country that has already attacked NATO. It absolutely makes no sense if this is the case. So if this <laughs> Wall Street Journal article is true, then the U.S. is absolutely insane uh, to want this kind of country in NATO. If it's not true, however, and Hirsch is right, it's not any better for the U.S. because it means the U.S. attacked NATO. Amen. <laughs> a giant lose-lose situation. Yeah, that's a good point. McAdams is, is the man. Um, he also looks like he's falling asleep the whole time he's talking. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, that's a super interesting point. Like either way, we like we we get screwed like either way that we, we, you know, we did something wrong both times. So mm -hmm. how, how, how does this help at all? Like if, if the wall street article and all this new evidence coming out is, is um, like 
um, faked, then how does that help us at all too? Like it just makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. Cause at first it kind of seemed like a cover story when they first kind of tried to tie it to Ukraine, but now there's been so much. Yeah. And that is a good question. Like how does it benefit the U S to maybe they're trying to throw some people in Ukraine under the bus. I, I don't know. Yeah, that's that, actually Zach. Uh, I think there's a tweet about that from somebody. Not this guy. Go to the next one for me. <laughs> well, and, and Dave, correct me if I'm wrong here, but you know, since the fall of the wall and the, and the dissolution of the Soviet Union, the very existence of NATO is an act of war, much less expanding NATO. Right? I mean, mm. well, yeah. I mean, it's an explicitly anti-Russia military alliance that they brought up to Russia's border. Um, and Sweden's about to sign on. I mean, what what's going on here? Yeah, Finland just joined. Turkey's holding up Sweden. Uh, they're probably gonna get. They're probably gonna approve it soon. But yeah, it's gonna be thirty two countries in NATO. But Finland was really the big one out of those two because they have a huge border with Russia, over eight hundred miles. Chase. Yeah. And, you know. You know. And there's a lot of Russians in Finland. You know. And there's like a big economy around the two countries in that border. And now it's being militarized. So. Yeah. You know. It's like Listen, the Iron Curtain seems to be coming back in a way. That's interesting. Yeah, but it's, is, it's really cool, though, that, you know, Russia's found a way around the, the SWIFT system, you know, the way our banks trade with each other. Mm. Uh, you know, gold is all of a sudden a currency again, you know, in other parts <laughs> of the world. Oddly enough, in parts of the world where more people hold gold per capita than anywhere else. Um, so there's an interesting thought. Would this conflict be worth it if it brought back the gold standard around the world or an actual solid currency? <laughs> Depends on how bad it gets. Yes. I think I prefer fiat money to a thermonuclear war. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's fair. <laughs> and I don't think it's going to be a smooth landing for the U.S. into a gold current, uh, uh, you know, a gold standard. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I don't think that's ever going to happen. Alden, welcome to the show, buddy. Hey, cheers, so, brother. Cheers. Good to be back. Dave Alden is a regular. He just got here a little late. Um, yeah. So welcome. Welcome to the show, bud. Glad you're glad you're here. Sorry you I'm missed last week. Back. Sorry you missed the first half of the show. I know. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> My life is upside down with the move lately. That's all good. It's all good. Happy to have you here. Um, <laughs> yeah. This was the tweet that I was referring to. Former CIA analyst Ray McGovern said the U.S. is preparing to sacrifice Zelensky and hold him responsible for the Nord Stream explosion in order to hide their participation in the operation and reduce the risk of conflict between themselves and Russia. I'm not sure. Like, like, like what we were just saying, like, I'm not sure that makes much sense considering we're to blame in both instances. I don't I don't really know how that tracks. Yeah, I think at this point we're so involved in the war anyway. Like, I mean, the U.S. is doing everything short of like shooting Russians. You know, right. That, at least they're giving them the intel, like everything. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it might be possible. It could be one thing. They just want to distance the U.S., the Biden administration from it hmm. before. I don't know. Did, did you guys cover the, the deposition of Poroshenko? You know, when when we planted Zelensky in there, um, yeah, yeah, there was there was a lot of guys with a New Jersey accent over in Ukraine. Oddly <laughs> enough, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, no, it is amazing. I mean, if you look into it, how many like political, just how intertwined the U.S. and Ukraine have been, like you know, in recent years, like how many people, like even like this, DeSantis is like spokeswoman was like a involved in Ukrainian politics, and it's just like very strange um how strange. embedded it is but well, it's, the, it's the uh it's the money laundering capital of the world from what i understand mm -hmm. uh 
it's also uh, the child trafficking capital of the world. Interesting. Yeah, I've heard I've heard that, but I don't know really anything about it. I don't have any hard data on that, but the yeah. the money laundering thing, obviously, you know, since the fall of the Soviet Union, everything's been uh, you know, hey, what do you have? I'll turn my head. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, it is interesting because yeah. like you never would hear like you never would think about us being in bed with Ukraine or like us doing illicit deals with Ukraine until the past few years. Like mm-hmm. it never would would have been brought to the forefront. Like no one would ever think of ukraine when they think about like global politics yeah yeah it became very important i mean the coup you know 2014 when they got rid of yanukovych that's when you know things got really there we go yanukovych not poroshenko yeah 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 because poroshenko came in uh after yanukovych he was one of our guys and then uh zelensky um but i know you know there was people involved in uh when zelensky came in but What's funny about when Zelensky was elected in 2019, he ran on ending the war in the Donbass and making peace with Russia, but then was basically just pressured by, you know, all sorts of elements, you know, to keep the war going. <laughs> and really, if Trump, you know, what they needed to actually end that war, the U.S. would have had to lean on, like, would have had to support it. But they, the U.S. didn't. Trump started sending them, uh, you know, anti-tank missiles and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, that, that was a bummer that he finally caved and started sending them stuff. But when Yanukovych was run out, that was when, that was when we first started seeing the the swastikas and the goose stepping, and and all that stuff side by side with guys with a New Jersey accent wearing American camo. Yeah, yeah, it's tough to know exactly like how involved the U.S. was in that. Like we know the U.S. supported it. Um, you know, Victoria Newland was on the phone, kind of saying who should be in the next government. It's tough to know exactly how deep it goes, but yeah, it's really crazy. And the media, like you mentioned, the swastikas, and there's all these Nazi groups involved. You know, they were kind of the fringes, but they were like kind of the foot soldiers for the coup. And then they're fighting the Donbass war on the front lines of that the civil war that broke out after the coup. And then, you know, and there was coverage of this in US media. And then, you know, after Russia invaded, they they tried to whitewash all these Nazi groups in Ukraine and act like, oh, they're all reformed now. Because nothing, you know, reforms extremists better than uh, a war, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Right. And it gave Putin all the propaganda he needed because, hey, we're fighting Nazis again. Mm -hmm. It is crazy that, you know, the the Democrats spent four years calling Trump a Nazi. And the one time that he actually did support Nazis, they got mad that he wasn't doing it fast. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, he got impeached for holding up a missile sale for a couple weeks (laughs) to Nazis. Yeah, it is crazy. And it's funny, the New York Times just recently had a story about, you know, the Nazi, like the Nazi symbols and stuff that the Ukrainian military, that a lot of people in the Ukrainian military use. And this, this, the gist of the article is basically like, oh, it puts Western journalists in an awkward position because we don't want to, uh, you know, show pictures of Ukrainians with Nazi symbols. Like that was the, their problem with it was that it would like feed into Russian propaganda. Not that the U.S. is arming and training this military that has, you know, First a Nazi all, problem. I- I mean, that's crazy. The only like awkward position that journalists should be in is whether or not if they follow a story, if they'll die, you know, like they, they shouldn't be in, in the middle of politics. Just report the daggum story. Yeah. Or, or if you're drawing yeah. pictures in the sand of here's Fallujah, here's where we are. We're headed this direction with this many people. We'll be there tomorrow, Geraldo. <laughs> you know, that's an awkward position to be in. Mm. That's like Slight, a modern, slightly awkward. <laughs> a modern media trend is that it's more 
it's more important the optics of the situation than actually reporting the news and it's like a pr thing more than like an ethics thing i'm not i'm not sure that was ever not the case um i just think now there are way more outlets where you can get information i think when you know there are only five channels and like two newspapers it was way easier to control the optics especially mm. when the same companies you know were basically owned uh or owned oh, what's, all, what's that old cnn footage of, of the guys uh the first desert storm the early 90s uh so there there is uh, cnn anchors and they're acting like they're dodging mortar shells and stuff and they're on the rooftop in atlanta Oh, Oh, that is ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. I I just, I'm not sure when people talk about how like journalism used to be honest and truthful and they like reference Walter Cronkite and all this stuff. Like, I'm just not sure that it it was ever the case. There were always people behind the scenes controlling what was said and how it was said and what the narratives were. Mm -hmm. Um, But it, uh, to be fair, that did allow uh, like those stories when they are all reported the exact same way, it definitely gets the Americans, you know, it definitely gets people who are listening either joined together in a fight against whatever, or really split apart. And Oh yeah. That's, I, I know people that are convinced that, you know, Chick-fil-A just now descended into communism because they have a DEI department. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, that's 11 years old. And you're just now <laughs> reacting to this. Yeah. It's, it's like people are living in, it's weird how people can live in like just their own worlds now on the internet. Mm. Like it's so crazy. Sometimes like I'll watch like CNN or something and it's just like, wow, these people are just in a different world, like a different Mm. paradigm for reality. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, and Fox news the same way. That's, you know, those are the folks that are convinced that, you know, Chick-fil-A is communist now. Uh, (laughs) Well, well, it's, it's it's how everybody is like, I'm like, y'all, we grew up with Dan Cathy. You know, the guy, Right. No, he's not. Yeah, what I, <laughs> but it's like if, if I had to guess about that, it's probably p- purely for compliance reasons. Where if they set up a DEI department and pretend to do something with it, then they have like less chance of a disgruntled ex-employee suing them for discrimination. No company's going to get to the the billion, ten billion, hundred billion dollar level without such a department. Yeah. It's just marketing at that point. <laughs> With yeah. a different name. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, all right. I got to run, guys. I wish I could stick around longer, but. That's all good. I'm. We really appreciate you dropping work. by, man. Um, yeah, you're, you're welcome back anytime. Uh, we love. Hey, your website's a new favorite. Thank yeah. you so much. Yeah, yeah. We love yeah, your th- website. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely. Good Have a good night. Show. All right. Take Cheers. Care. Cheers. Cheers, y'all. Welcome Cheers. That, hey, that was good. I, I enjoyed that guy. I mean, he's cool. Yeah. Yeah, he's very calm, level-headed, knows his stuff. Um, I love that his specialty is foreign policy. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's not, not enough people know anything about foreign policy, including myself. I know With- basically the minimum amount to know anything that's, about foreign that's policy. why i did more listening than talking with him yeah. because i'm like i i don't know what to tell this man when i say that he doesn't uh, my foreign policy you know early teen years was i was trading uh the desert storm trading cards oh yeah uh, <laughs> they made like baseball cards yeah you know they had those that's <laughs> oh yes sir oh yes sir yes yeah, we talked that's about like that. a whole new level of propaganda oh yeah oh, no, they all had it. it man so okay. my, my uncle flew apaches in desert storm and uh right. So I was all over those. I, you know, I had, obviously I had a bunch of the Apache cards, but yeah, General Schwarzkopf. Oh my God, he was a G man. Anytime the news put a microphone in front of his face, 
Charles Schwarzkopf, what's your strategy? I'm going to kill more of them than they do of us. And then he just walks <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's just like a coach saying, we're going to score more points than the other team and just walk yeah. off. Yeah. 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 I forget who was the first one who said that, but it was probably somebody like uh, like Bobby Knight or something. It was just like, we're going to score more than their team, idiot, and just walked off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he didn't. He didn't do the interviews. Like, so what? What are you going to do? It's like I'm going to kill them. I'm going to blow up their houses. I'm going to set the towns on fire. I'm going to dry up their water supplies. I'm going to shoot them in the head. And I'm going to drive off. And they're like, whoa. No, like we don't need to interview this guy anymore. It's like it's like I'm at war. What do you want me to do? Yeah. <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, it's everybody's favorite time. Zach, let's uh, let's roll the clip and go into some trivia, buddy. Let's do it. All right. Welcome to Trivia, June 15th, 2023. Our categories are Morality of War, Nuked, and War Movies. All right. Nuked. Are we talking like my ramen noodles earlier today? Or? We could be. We could be. Okay. Okay. You just, you just never know. Um, the rules, three rounds. Round one, 10 questions, one point each. Round two, two points each. Round three, three points each. Every question is a free-for-all. The first contestant to cover the camera with their hand will be called on by Jake to answer the question. If you blurt out an answer when it's not Damn your it, turn, Robert. you lose one point. What did Robert say? <laughs> oh, the same wins. <laughs> no, I, I made and the I last category movies, so Zane can't win. I'm extra motivated this week because now Nick and I are tied for total wins. So yeah, I have to reclaim the throw. All-time nice. scoreboard, Zane three, Nick three, Steve one, audience one, Alden the big goose egg, <laughs> and guest goose egg. Audience, if you needed further proof that I'm with you, I don't know what else to do. <laughs> All right. Round one, the immorality of war. Question number one. According to the principle of just war theory, what are the two main criteria for a war to be considered morally just? Zane. I think that it's that it has to be defensive and you can't like use more force than is justified to repel the attack. Wrong. But that would be a much better thing than what they have up on. I was going to say that makes sense to me, but yeah. Oh no, no. That 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 makes sense. What I'm saying is not everything <laughs> makes sense. Hang on one second. I'm trying to get the answers up here so I know them. Uh, there we go. All right. Okay. There. Alden, Steven, anybody raise their hand yet? I didn't see it. Steven. So you have to have a grievance and you have okay. to have a clear, uh, uh, a clear path to victory. Hmm. I'm trying to think if that counts. Judges. You get half the point. Um, the first one is just cause. Boom. All right, Alden. Which which you, one of his he said lines up with? Is that the grievance part? Yeah. The, the, yeah. Just cause. Grievance. Yeah. Grievance. grievance. I got like a, yeah. A legit grievance. Yeah. Just so like in the, you know, like in the Civil War. So like if you read uh, the states' letters of secessions, they right. have itemized lists with actual costs of. So, beef like you're allowed yeah. to go to war for yeah you guys did this first. it cost me that you guys did this on this date it cost me that okay yeah all right so beef is number one so we're still looking for number two <laughs> that's right still, look, still looking for number two okay wait i got it go you need to make that money <laughs> <laughs> 
That's that's the Americans. Or that's, that's the U.S. government's. Yeah, that's uh, oh, that's specifically our way, right? Um, Zane, do you have anybody else have a second answer? No. Is this specifically the just war theory of Thomas Aquinas, or just something else? It's. Um, I did not look up anything with Thomas Aquinas on there, so no. Well, maybe not. Keep in mind, this is this is still AI generated, right? Yeah, is this... it's still AI generated. Yeah. I validated as much as I could. I did validate. I'm trying to do that these days. I spend 15 minutes a week after each show in the mirror, <laughs> reassuring myself that AI generated these questions. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. The next. Okay. I'll just go to the next. Uh, let's go to the answers. Just cause and right intention. So you have to have righteous beef. You have to have righteous beef. <laughs> there we go. That's, That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Question number two What is the term used to describe the intentional targeting of civilian populations during war? Saying a total war? Uh, no. There are two answers that I will accept. Stephen. Casualties. No. <laughs> No, <laughs> that would be soldiers. <laughs> Alden, do you have a, do you have something? The intentional targeting, intentional targeting of civilian populations, specifically people. That's fucked up. I know. That's and my the, answer. The term for it is not great either. Oh no, this is gonna make me mad. Yeah. Yeah. I don't All think right. foobar is an AI term, by the way. Go all the heads up. It's wick. <laughs> wick. <laughs> Women. <laughs> what? Or what is it? Women and children. Women, infants, and children. Yeah. Women, Women infants, infants, and children. And children. Yeah. Now, anybody else have a guess? Haram. Sher Shermanism. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Sher solid. Sherman's march to the sea is like regarded as the first time that 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 this tactic of targeting civilians was done on a broad scale. I'm, I'm sure that Genghis Khan did this way worse than Sherman ever did. Right. But, uh, you know, on, on our tectonic shelf. Uh, okay. Well, that has nothing to do with anything. This can on, be wherever. It has to be on the North American Craton <laughs> plate. <actually. laughs> All right. The answer is deliberate targeting or indiscriminate attacks. Deliberate targeting? Sounds like a college flag football game. <laughs> I'm telling you, they name these things so that they don't sound so horrendous when they're mentioned in documents. Like, it's awful. Uh-oh, Steven's frozen. Oh, Alden's frozen. I think... I am? Oh, nope. I might be the one that's frozen. I think you're the one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, Audio's Steven. going. Okay, yeah. Steven, Steven, you're still frozen for me, man. Oh, no, Steven's gone. Oh, yeah, okay. No. Alden, you were All only right. frozen for half a second. We're going to wait. We're going to wait till Steven comes back. But yeah, that's they name these things so that people don't understand what they are. Yeah. There's a, there's like a whole project of people that like that's what they do is try to like name and rename things. Do you remember the whole um the estate tax turning into the death tax thing? Yes. And that changed everybody's mind on it and just based on the verbiage or whatever like that's yep. what this kind of reminds me of and yeah oh heck yeah and indiscriminate in this case means kill anyone but 
yeah. to discriminate, right, yeah. is colloquially like you know a bad term. So being indiscriminate has a positive connotation when considering you know race or gender or other things, was, but not in killing. You know, anyway. right? No, yeah, no, I like I like that. Welcome All back, right, sir. let's see. You were um, gone, so I had to I had to find something to BS about until you got back. I heard all of it. So oh, you did. Oh, oh you yeah. heard all of it. Interesting, because you were black yeah. for a while. Um, not not you weren't painted black. Your <laughs> your, your screen was black. Of discriminating. <laughs> I was going to say in four days that'll mean something else entirely. Yeah. <laughs> so. All right. Next question: What is the term for the deliberate destruction of cultural heritage during armed conflicts? And this includes people. Uh, Steven, did you raise your hand? Yeah, yeah. Uh, shock and awe. <laughs> no. I didn't know that this had a name. I know that like ISIS did it a lot. Like they would just Every go around blowing up ancient cities and. No, no. This this includes heritage and people. It includes both. It's it's not just stuff. So it's like it's what we did to Soleimani, right? Alden, go. Anthropological war? No, but you're... I've never heard of this, so I have no idea. You will, you will know it as soon as I say it. Really? Yep. Zane, you got a guess? I have nothing. All right, y'all have ten seconds. I'll, t I'll take another guess. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll quote Donald Rumsfeld here: "Leaning forward." <laughs> no, it's a, it's a worse term than that. Okay. Everyone knows this term. Uh -oh. Cultural genocide. Oh, gosh. <laughs> All right. Next one. Yeah, I did not. I did not make these easy. Just FYI. Um, just just so you know, these are not. You could have just said ones. Armenian and I would have immediately parroted genocide. Yeah, I After said Holocaust. Trivia, we yeah. should circle back to ISIS and destroying artifacts in Iraq and things like Deal. that. It's actually the CIA. And oh, Joseph's tomb. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Lots of things. I, I, like, I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. According to the Geneva Conventions, what is the minimum age for recruitment into armed forces during war? Stephen, eighteen. Wrong. Zane. That's what I would have said, but I guess I'll say sixteen. Wrong. Alden. Fourteen. Wrong. Hmm. You, you'll have five seconds. Zane. Twenty-one. Nope. Seventeen. No. Alden. 15. It's got to be 15. 15 years old. Yay. <laughs> I was like, it's the last number left. How freaking messed up is that? That's ridiculous. You can, you can quote unquote, legally recruit or in, in script 15 year olds into war. Most That's... have seen too many winters or too few Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Never mind. I guess you've got to consider the context in which these rules were being written. Like if they're written at a time when like 12 and 13 year olds are getting conscripted, maybe everybody agreeing, you know what? Let's like, right, let's 15. Maybe yeah. on the margin, that's actually an improvement. But maybe, maybe you're when, right, were the, yeah. when were the Geneva conventions actually written though? I mean, this is post world war two stuff, right? This is like the no, 50s. I think it's right? before world war one. Geneva conventions. I thought were pretty old. Yeah. Oh really? I thought they were after World War II. Was I am I wrong on that one? Geneva. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Uh Jamie, are you on that one? 
All, all was needed to defend Helms Deep. All that's time. right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. If you're tall enough to swing a sword, get on the wall. Yeah. All right. Next, next question. What is the general term used to describe the killing of injuring, killing or injuring of soldiers who have surrendered or are no longer capable, capable of fighting? Hint, the term can be used to describe other acts during war. Zane. Uh, a massacre? No. There are many other acts that can happen during a war that this can describe, which is why I put the hint in there because this freaking AI is stupid. <laughs> I should have rephrased the question, honestly, but I didn't have time. <laughs> Steven. Brutality. No, nope. Alden. I'm going to use Steven's old answer of casualty. No, no uh, one's going to get this. It's too annoying. Zane. A it's annoying. War crime. Hey! Oh! oh. I feel dumb. All right. Zane got way, it. Geneva Convention, 1949. It was World War II. Yeah. Suck a butt, you two. Wait. So I I saw the rest of his note where it's like the original ones were from like the 1920s. So it was post World War One. But I didn't dive World deep War enough II. yet. Yeah. Oh, y'all are crazy. Y'all don't know what I'm talking about. Okay, All so right. it's weird that we subscribe to the Geneva Conventions with our military. Okay, but you have to be 18 to enlist in our military. Yeah. Oh, it's weird. I mean, everything about war is weird. Let's be real. That should um, highlight that it, honestly, there's contradictions between what we do and what it's based on and that we should not necessarily. I, was thinking, I, I, I have other family that, that bitched about that, that were like, you know, <laughs> like smoke grenades. Like, why can't I shoot the guy with a smoke grenade and then the smoke comes out of him? Instead, I have to shoot a building and bounce it off of a building so it doesn't hurt him, but I want him to cough up blood and run away. <laughs> yeah. Laws during war make no sense. Uh, yeah. All right. Here we go. Next question. Which treaty signed in 1928 prohibited the use of biological and chemical weapons in warfare? Zane. I'm going to say it. The Geneva Convention. <laughs> that would be hilarious if chat GPT. Oh, oh my God. God. Oh. <laughs> I'm giving it to him. All right. So is there a distinction between the protocol and the conventions? Because maybe that's what we're, that's why we're. Maybe, maybe there are multiple conventions. Maybe they decided, Hey, after world war one, we met at Geneva and it worked out so well. So let's do it again. <laughs> Geneva 2.0. Yeah. yeah, there we go. Here we go. Next question. Which international court is responsible for prosecuting individuals accused of war crimes, crimes against humanity, and genocide? Zane. Uh, the the Hague. Wrong. People would know it by its abbreviation more than its full name. Stephen. You in? No. Okay. I'm guessing it's a uh, sub or a subset, whatever, of the UN. I'm guessing it's a, like part of the UN, but it's a specific thing. I can't. Then, if you if you if you guess, I can give an absurd hint. <laughs> I think I might actually know it. I've got a just go ahead, go. Is it the International Criminal Court? ICC. Nailed it. 
International yeah. Criminal Court. It's freaking almost in the question. Which international say, court? <laughs> <laughs> for crimes. Yeah. All right, Zane. Crushing it again. Let's see. What is the term used to describe the tactic of intentionally attacking civilian infrastructure, such as hospitals or schools during war? Alden. Um, there are two I, answers that I will accept. One, one or the other. Doesn't matter. You have five seconds, Alden. Never mind. <laughs> I misread the question. <laughs> I'm going to try Total War again, although it's probably wrong again. It is wrong again. Steven, you got a question? You got oh, a guess? Oh, oh, Walden. Can I go again or, or can I retry? You, you, you didn't guess before. That's so true, yes. yeah. Is it collateral war or collateral damage? Collateral damage. Oh! Collateral damage or disproportionate odd. attacks. I've that's never very heard that. Odd because collateral damage, like the meaning of the word collateral, means that you did not do it intentionally and it's just a side effect of it. Yeah, well, the Patriot Act isn't patriotic, so. You know. <laughs> go. Good point, yeah. <laughs> Which organization was established in 1864 to provide care and assistance to victims of armed conflict and promote humanitarian principles during war? Zane. The Red Cross. Nailed it. International yep. Committee of the Red Cross. And why are... Yeah, that's so fast, Zane. I wanted to circle back to the other thing in, in terms of things that are named stupidly. Why are manual cars automobiles? That doesn't make any sense. Because <laughs> everything else is auto. There Where you do, go. Yeah. It's very auto compared to a horse and buggy. And if you have right. ADD, why would you buy a Ford Focus? <laughs> Goodness gracious. You need it. <laughs> All right. What is the term for the deliberate spreading of false or misleading information to deceive the enemy during wars? Stephen? Propaganda. Propaganda or psychological warfare. That's what I was going to say was because propaganda can actually be on the positive side for your own country too. Well, sure it can. Yeah. It's All right. After round one, we have Zane Naked. in first place oh, with dude. four. <laughs> I'm kidding. We have Stephen in second place with 1.5. And Alden in third place with one. Woo! Um, I did I'm not have... Board. Let's see. There we go. All right. Round two is nuked. Five questions. Two points each. Here we go. What is the name of the theory that suggests the use of nuclear weapons would lead to complete destruction and mutual annihilation? Zane. Mutually assured destruction. How did you read the question that fast? That is just... Especially white on pink. I can't Mutually assured destruction <laughs> is correct. Zane, Zane got that in just an obscenely quick amount of time. I, I'm frustrated that we're playing. I mean, Zane is AI. Robert I was right agree. behind you. Robert was literally half a second behind you. How are we reading white on pink that fast? Am I dropping again? It's a, it's a, no, you're it's still a, here, Steven. It's a lot of eating carrots and watching Jeopardy. That's how we <laughs> eating carrots. Eating carrots. We're gonna we're gonna wait for uh, uh, we're gonna wait for Stephen to come back in. Yeah, he'll be back. One thing that y'all need to get is uh, fiber. Everybody needs to get fiber internet so that we don't have these issues anymore. Okay, we were talking about vitamin A and eyeballs, and so I thought you meant like like fiber in your diet and like a bran muffin. And I was like, why? <laughs> 
That's well, not a bad idea matter? either. Like that, that's pretty. That's pretty good too. Everybody needs need to more eat more food. leafy greens. Yeah. <laughs> eat your kale. Oh, there's a Zach's, difference Zach's between carrots have fiber. There's a difference between soluble and insoluble fiber, and insoluble is not so good. Yeah, it doesn't sound good. Steven, yeah. you're back. Can you? Yes. All right. All right. Let's do it. Next question. Which international treaty aims to prevent the spread of nuclear weapons and promotes disarmament? Zane. Uh, is this just like the nuclear anti-proliferation treaty? I'll give it to you. The Treaty on the Non-Proliferation of Nuclear Weapons. In I knew the word proliferation was in there somewhere. I just didn't know where. It's just That's unbelievable. Right. It's just unbelievable. Francis Boyle is to thank for that one. All right. Next question. What is the term used to describe the process of combining atomic nuclei to release energy? Zane. Fusion. Nuclear fusion. I mean... Do y'all even, should we even let Zane play anymore? <laughs> I, so, yes, of course. But I just am a slow reader when it's, when in general, but especially when it's white on pink. And if I'm like listening to you, like, I'm yeah. like, I'm like waiting for you to finish the thing. And then I'm like. Yeah. Maybe you course, should just, fusion. maybe you should just put your hand up as soon as I start talking. Yeah. I'll just, I'll just do what Zane does. Except for, yeah. And then I'll just like, be like, wait, hold on. Let me finish reading it. Yeah. All right. Next question. I can't believe it. What is the name of the theory that argues for the limited use of nuclear weapons to prevent all out war? Zane. Harry Truman desperately trying to convince everyone he's not a moral monster. <laughs> Wrong. Steven. The Truman Doctrine. Wrong. Alden. I'm going to just throw names out. The Paris Accord. Wrong. <laughs> yeah. I will, I will give you a hint. Um, every single word that's in this name is in the question. Alden. Limited nuclear weapon theory. <laughs> I'm going to give it to you. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's pretty close. Same acronym, you know? Yeah. Oh, man, that is funny. All right, final that question. That was a hell of a hint, though. Of round two. Which two isotopes are commonly used as fuel in nuclear reactors and as a material for nuclear weapons? Pause. I need the not only the element, but the number following it. In order to get these right, Zane, do you still want to be called on first? Uh, yes. Okay. Um, let's do uranium two thirty-five. Damn it! And okay. plutonium two thirty-nine. I mean, that is unbelievable. <laughs> Alden, you are you are right behind him. I thought wow. I had it. <laughs> This one I, had, I had 235. I didn't have 239. Robert was right behind y'all, too. That God is damn it. That is hilarious. I mean, Alden, you were like a split second behind him putting your hand up. Man. Wow. All right. Round three. Oh, wait. Uh, the score at the end of round two. Zane with 12. Steven with 1.5. Alden with three. Alden, oh, I have three now. It, yeah, if you get... Alden, if you get all these questions correct, no you tie Zane. 
I'm frustrated about the U two three five thing because I actually knew that. All right, here we go. Name the three highest grossing war movies of all time adjusted for inflation. Steven. Uh, yeah. Saving Private Ryan. Inglorious Bastards. And. Oh, shit. Okay, let's see here. Um... Mm, adjusted for inflation. That's what's getting me. That is what is getting me. Jaws. It might be some movie made. Independence Day. We'll call that a war movie. All right. Steven got one. You got Saving Private Ryan. It's ranked number two with 755.4 million at the box office. Um, Alden, you are up next. Apocalypse Now. Ooh. And see, yeah, now honestly, I'm like, what counts as a war movie, you know? But there, these are these are three legit war movies. I'm trying to think about in modern times. Let me, yeah, yeah, no, these are three legit war movies. I can't give hints till after everybody is is answered. Alden, you have five seconds to give me another another title. Uh, what's the one that just came out? I can't even think of it. Never mind. All right, you did not get that correct. Zane. No. Wait, uh, Apocalypse Pearl. Now wasn't one of them? Nope. Pearl Harbor. That's ridiculous. Pearl Harbor is one of them. Oh, gross. No. I know. I'll say Forrest no. Gump. No, but that's a great guess. What do you say? Great, what he his, his last one was Forrest Gump, which was wrong. Oh, that's Pearl so Harbor made $648.5 at the box office. That's so stupid and frustrating. It's infuriating. Um all right, the top one is still Wait. up there. Alden. Tropic Thunder. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Steven's not going to be able to answer. Zane, you got any answers? Uh, I... Lord of the Rings. No. The War for Middle Earth. Yeah, okay. okay. All three of them are about World War II. Mm. Actually... Oh, Damn. No, What's no. The... Let, let me rephrase. Wrong. The last one is not about <laughs> World War II. I okay. forgot. Least uh, helpful hint. It, I... I actually can't remember. I haven't seen this since I was a child. Alden. Oh, you've probably seen this more recently. I was going to say Red Dawn, but... Oh, dude. That movie's so dang good. I know. So dang good. All right. The final one. Gone with the Wind. Oh, three, three point four eight four billion. Wow, at the box office. I just never would have said that. Yeah, that it's is insane. Because it came out in nineteen thirty nine, so it gets like a ten times multiplier on what it actually. An order did. of magnitude just moved the decimal. Like, yeah. Um, I think Robert tried to answer it correctly. <laughs> Home, Home with the eye. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, goodness man. gracious. Oh, man. Steven has got to get his internet fixed because uh, we can't keep pausing. If we keep pausing, we'll be here all I day hear, night. I hear Chattanooga has some of the best internet in the country. So, so I should be see. good to go when I get there. That's Oh, yeah. That I is, am so irritated with, say, or, no, with Pearl Harbor. Saving Private Ryan's fine. Dude, the fact that Pearl Harbor is number three is infuriating. That's 
That movie is garbage. Auto cucumber. <laughs> Perfect. Robert. Perfect. Come on, Steven. We need to get Robert to come on the show sometime. We do. I, yeah. I do Robert, would you be down awesome. to come on the show sometime? Did you guys meet him at um Yeah, at the convention? Great yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was awesome. Yeah, we had a great time. Oh man, I wish I could go. That would have been fun. Me and him um, are he's heading up uh the convention committee. I can't believe that Apocalypse Now is not one of these. That movie is so much better than Pearl Harbor. <laughs> yep. But, you know, art is dead, so whatever. Yep. Yep. Man, Steven might not, never be coming back. If he had to do a whole, uh, uh, sweet, he said sometime he will. Oh, wait. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> sometime. Y'all, if anybody's enjoying um, us sitting here in dead silence waiting for Steve <laughs> to come back on, uh, make sure you, you smash that like button, as people say. Make sure you smash you know it. click like on the video, um, click you like on the podcast, leave us a review. Indiscriminately, um, the like button. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, all right, we're going to move on. Steven's just going to have you to should... forfeit. You should commit cultural genocide on the like button. What <laughs> oh, no. up, Stephen? All right, here we go. We're going to the next question. Stephen can suck a butt. What movie that will be released in 2023 is about the origin of nuclear war? Zane. I might actually be going to see this one. Uh, Oppenheimer. Freaking nailed it. Oppenheimer. That's Steven's making, here. It's Christopher Nolan doing Oppenheimer. Yes, he is. Didn't he just do Dunkirk? Back. Oh, now I can think of the name Dunkirk. I couldn't think of it before. It didn't matter. It wasn't one of the answers. But Steven, was he also we, the one that did one? Steven, what we did it? one uh, one thing without you. Sorry, I, I probably wouldn't have got it. So, <laughs> what you would you ask Zane? I said uh, Nolan was also the one who did uh, 1917, if I remember correctly. Or is that nope. what it was? Or nope. nope. I thought it was Dunkirk. Someone else. He did Dunkirk. That's what I thought. Yeah, Nolan yeah. did Dunkirk. Uh, 1917 was, shoot, Zemeckis? I can't remember who 1917 was. No, it was the guy who did Arrival. It was I Michael believe. Bay. Oh, God, no, it was not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, final, final question of... The game. In 2014, an alien versus human war movie was released with a title Ooh. that appeared to be Live, Die, Repeat, based upon the poor graphic design of the posters. What was the actual title? Alden. Is it, this might be, not be old enough, but is it Edge of Tomorrow? It is Edge of Tomorrow. Edge of Tomorrow, yeah. Oh! Nice. Do you know that I watched that movie two days ago? <laughs> That is Two days ago. hilarious. But I did not see this subtext, but I just like that like made sense with me, but it wasn't Can we pull that movie poster up? I need to see it. Okay, let me find it. Um Edge of Tomorrow poster. It's actually not bad. Oh, it's I love that movie. Yeah. I love yeah, I love him. It's in one it. of the best um, like time manipulation movies. You know what's funny is that Looper is another really good time manipulation movie, and Emily Blunt's in both of those. Yes, yes, she is. Okay, well, that that's not exactly the poster, but uh, I'll I'll, sh I'll we'll show the poster. It, yeah. Don't don't you don't you worry. There's the poster. So I didn't get skunked today. I'm all right. Boom! Right there. Lived. I repeat. This was so what, way we're, what we're proving is is one. Zane is closer to AI than anyone else on the show. 
Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, and he I reads faster than, than anyone I know. All right, y'all. Thanks for playing. Our final score is Steven with 2.5 and probably negative scores for disrupting the game with his poor internet connectivity. <laughs> um, Alden had six. Zane had 16. And the audience actually got a ton of questions correct. They were just directly after Zane got them correct. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Take that, audience. It's hard to beat AI, man. <laughs> All right, let's go back to our regular branding. Y'all, thanks for playing. That was great. Yeah, um, it's fun to lose again. Yeah, hey, <laughs> man, you got that last question time. correct. I was very impressed. I didn't think anyone was going to get that. <laughs> That's Chad. the best compliment I've ever gotten. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Alden, you wanted to bring up uh, ISIS destroying ISIS things and... in the desert. ISIS and what ISIS is and the destruction and or theft of artifacts from Iraq. Nice. Yeah. Go into it. I got to so, be right back. Yeah. 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 Steven, you're on mute. Are you supposed to be on mute? So I muted myself because I have a, I have a mechanical keyboard and I was, I was oh, bringing yeah. up, there was an article I was bringing up because I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to interrupt you talking. No, no, no. It's cool. I just wanted to make sure that uh, you know what you're doing. I won't. I won't tell you. But I was yeah, I'm, you I'm right here with down. you. I'm I'm bringing something up because uh, I'm. This is something I was following as well. Yeah. So I figured as much. That's why I looked at you to see if you knew about this. But um, basically, the CIA made ISIS is what I understand, and then the army. So like the mil the U.S. military in Iraq was confiscating from museums different like uh tablets with uh cuneiform writing and different things and uh yeah, mostly that but a lot of other artifacts and they were saying it was to protect them but they never gave them back right and so they basically stole them uh and then isis goes around and destroys a bunch of other ones after that and if the caa basically started isis then it's basically the u.s government stealing and destroying certain artifacts in the region and i think it's one of the reasons why we even went to war in iraq is for this particular bit of knowledge and there's certain tombs of different um i think that's what steven's looking up is the tombs one um well there's a few things there's a few things but i'm gonna gilgamesh, let you speak piece before i interrupt gilgamesh was one of the ones that during the time when we were over there the tomb of gilgamesh was supposedly found and the U.S. military was like, we're going to take over this area just just in case, you know. And while it was said that Gilgamesh was being uncovered under the dry riverbed or whatever. And then what was the other name that you said of another tomb in that area? Joseph of Arimathea. Is that where? Yeah. So uh, there was multiple different things. They destroyed that. Well, and, and I just wanted to say, you know, if, if the CIA truly did arm and train ISIS, uh, which was pretty obvious they did but yeah. you know as a side note by the way al-qaeda if you directly translate that from arabic to english it means the base yeah uh it is the base that we set up yeah to get the soviets out of afghanistan in the 70s mm. and so that was that that was how we put two and two together was because isis was born out of remnants of al-qaeda we created al-qaeda yeah we we were al-qaeda um, and then yeah, ISIS. 
And, Go ahead, and even more directly than that, like during during the Syrian civil war, when the U.S. was you know giving people weapons to fight against Assad, the so-called moderate rebels that we were arming were the foundations of ISIS, who yeah. they were all pretending were these so-called democratic moderate rebels that were had actually just fled out of Iraq because in Iraq the U.S. military was fighting them there for being you know Islamic terrorists, and they suddenly come to Syria. And now they're moderate rebels, and we give them weapons, and that's what became ISIS, and that's not even disputed at this point by our own intelligence agencies. Exactly. So I am interested, Alden, uh, that you're apparently saying that the U.S. military is con secretly controlled by a bunch of archaeologists. No, no, because no, no. no. I, the archaeologists are controlled by the military. <laughs> there we go. And that's what I was going to get to with the Lovelock Caves. Uh, so just, you know, if we want some kind of segue into that, you got the Lovelock yeah. Caves over in Nevada. And that was, uh, I mean, there's, so there, there's, you go in the cave, it's a big, vast expanse, a massive hallway lined with, you know, broken arrows and human skulls. And then you get, finally, it opens up into this chamber and there's a throne room and there's these king and queen holding hands, skeletons, still holding hands hair still attached to the skulls 13 15 feet tall mm -hmm. yeah are you describing you game know. of thrones episodes What's no no <laughs> this is this is this is real stuff no, and the smithsonian shows up and confiscates all this stuff the smithsonian always takes it and then says there was no giant skeletons or whatever yeah yeah yeah, yeah even though many, even many though all, the, all the indians in the area natives whatever you want to call them not trying to offend anybody no it's cool you know, I'm from Seminole, so I can say Indian. But, you know, all the Indians in the area, uh, you know, they have this lore of giants eating these people. Yep. And, and, and you know, lording over them. We and then you find the caves of, of, you know, their progenitors, so to say. And, and so, you know, there's a, there's a long, you know, multi-hundred multi year history uh, of this kind of stuff going on. And so then, you know, so, you know, that's happening. And now you know that we definitely created Al-Qaeda. We know, we admit that ISIS was seeded from Al-Qaeda. Secretary of State Hillary Clinton admitted that many times on camera. Yeah. It's easy to find. Uh, so it's not hard to put two and two together and just assume that, you know, we, we weaponize these folks. And that's how that gives way to this whole theory of, like, did we find the Stargate? You know, like, is that why we went to Iraq a second time? That's super out there, and I love it, and I'm I'm down with that. I don't know if our audience is into Stargate level, but I'm, I'm open to it. I'm, I am. See, okay, right. yeah, the Nephilim thing, the giants and all that. Yeah. Um, Not to be a party pooper here. No, it's okay. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that a much more reasonable reason for why we went back to Iraq is uh, money and neocon sink tanks and the war machine and in Stargate is not really a necessary component of that. Sure. I agree in the sense that when I talk to people about it, when I talk about 9-11, when I talk about the war in Iraq, I mention first that like money, gold, oil, you know, these things, um, these are like the first things. And then I can add scaffolding level like layers of weirdness depending on how deep we want to go. Um, and I, but I don't start with Stargates, you know, <laughs> it's not the first one thing that I throw out there, but 
um, but I'm open to it for sure. And uh, I think to circle back to the our, the Native American lore or just indigenous peoples around the world, their stories are their oral traditions, their oral histories that have been passed down. It's not just made up, but we're quick to our like Western sort of like old white man type of like historian type thing is quick to call it a mythos and like use the word myth for their oral tradition history. And what they say though, in so many, in this country even alone, that their origin stories is that people came up from underground after some cataclysm or something like that. And that they were like, there was giants and all kinds of other crazy things and crazy sounding things made to sound crazy. But I'm, I'm saying just, I'm reiterating what they are saying, which is that this is their oral history, not a myth, not a metaphor. And that I think it's wrong to just sweep it under the rug of mythos and to not give well, it. The, gi- you know, the giants is, is actually, you know, a quantifiable fact in history. I'm not just talking Yao Ming and Andre. I'm, I'm no. talking, <laughs> you know, so you, you, got, you got the Piri Reese maps. Yep. You know, that explorer from the 14th century that, that showed that, you know, Antarctica was green and had 13 to 15 foot tall people. Mm-hmm. You got Admiral Byrd's journals. And, and then, the North you know, if, if you want to go into history, I, I, I know a lot of people like to throw out the Bible and say it's not, you know, factually accurate historically, that kind of stuff. So you got the, the Greek book of the apocalypse, the book of Baruch. They give an exact death toll of the number of giants that were killed in the flood. So there's there's a number of cultural religious text that corroborate the story of the flood around the time the Bible puts it, including erosion marks on the nose of the Sphinx that knocked the nose off the front of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we could talk about a lot of this. This is Graham Hancock stuff. I mean, this is archaeology. We're not getting into religion at this point. Graham Hancock, Mm -hmm. Robert Schock, uh, Randall Carlson, all of these people, yeah that the the sphinx and all that and the water erosion and the dating and then the head size relative to the body and you're talking about people if if we're going to say the same people built the sphinx and built the pyramid and that they're so precise in terms of like you're a surveyor steven right like so you understand like true north and all of this and like how close and how hard it is to get this even with modern instruments down to like a one one hundredth or thousandth or what is the crazy margin of error? Like it's like ninety nine point nine 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 percent accurate. The construction of it, like aligned. With so we're we're, we're legally required to certify to ninety percent. Uh, and, and the pyramids and, are a lot more than that. But. Well, sure. Yeah, you know, and, and and there's some you know municipalities. You get into you know some uh, energy companies uh, that want you to be uh, at a greater margin than that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there's one time, you know, for like, you know, for Georgia Power, for instance, you know, we're up at one of their plants up in North Georgia and they were they were putting these scrubbers on these. Uh, gosh, this is early 2000s, guys. OK, so they were spending tens of millions of dollars to put these scrubbers on the outside of their carbon smokestacks. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. OK, so this is when they were still coal burning and each smokestack would have four of these scrubber units. And inside of these scrubber units, there'd be 27 nozzles built in from the scrubber unit directly. But inside of that would also be a reticulating arm. And so the smokestacks, before the before all the, they burn the coal, 
before all the smoke went into the actual smokestack and went through these scrubber units. Mm -hmm. It went through all four of these scrubber units, and the scrubber units would, and these arms would be inside of it spinning real fast. And so we're talking 27 feet in diameter, 30 feet tall, 9-inch thick fiberglass, and there's an arm that has a total of 80, there's 85 spray heads inside of this thing, spraying uh, very high temperature water, near boiling temperature water and pulverized lime into the air. So they're burning the coal. The coal fumes are going into this stuff. It's going through these scrubber units and then it goes into the smokestack. And what comes out is just H2O, fellas. There's no carbon coming out of the top of the smokestacks at that point. Two years later, they go, they, they go back to natural gas. Mm. But zero emission carbon is not a myth. You know, harvesting the carbon sucks. It's yeah. dangerous. It has risks. But there's money involved that can pay for your health care. You know, and, there, and there's protocols in place that if you do it right, it's, it's feasible. Uh, and, and, and all this kind of stuff of, you know, of environmentally being, you know, concerned with carbon emissions... That was already in place. It was already being handled. Uh, but anyways, uh, so that kind of stuff. So we were, we were in there. We were inside. So they had the concrete pad. We're inside of this thing, and we're supposed to mark on the inside of the fiberglass where each spray head is going to tap into the fiberglass. And that was a bear. Uh, that, that, that was some math that uh, some college professors tend to quit over. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I did it for $35,000 that year. Uh, <laughs> no pressure on that job. Yeah. Right, right. You know, and they come back and they were like, "Oh, hey, well, uh, you're off a sixteenth of an inch," and we're high fiving each other. Yeah, yeah, all right, right, right on. Yeah, and like, no, this is unacceptable. You have to yeah. be within a thirty second of an inch. And we're like, dude, you're sawing through nine inches of fiberglass with a water saw, and you want me to be within a sixteenth of an inch? Go fly a kite. That's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's fair <laughs> yeah these are not my areas of expertise y'all this is yeah this is definitely a Stephen and alden thing to uh, dive into i didn't do that kind of <laughs> i just did title surveying for a little while i didn't do any of this but i just did real basic stuff. oh and meanwhile they're jackhammering outside so we have to relevel the instrument in the center of the pad every 30 minutes Oh, is it vibrating? Is it? Moving? Yeah, yeah. And they're like, "Oh, That's you're, fine. you know, you're, you're an eighth of an inch off on this marking." We're high fiving each other. Yeah, right on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, because so, I, I got a three hundred pound black dude, this seven feet tall, up on a scissor lift, twenty feet in the air, going, "Oh, oh my god, oh my god!" You know, <laughs> not having any of it, you know. And we're making that mark that tight. I'm so proud of that. So anyway, the markings <laughs> you're talking about are what we find in the pyramids to circle us all the way back. Yeah. Is, and we could talk about carbon stuff on another time too. That's actually interesting. But anyway, it's for some for a people to be that close and that accurate in representation, you know, and in construction to then have the scale of the head of the Sphinx. They're basically saying the head was carved, you know, secondarily, like it was used to be like a lion or whatever, and mm -hmm. that they put a pharaoh on in dynastic Egypt times, like much later, like after it was originally built, was what the sentence was that we were saying before. But <laughs> yeah, and all this fifteen minutes ago, that confirms the presence of giants. That confirms the presence of giants. So all this history is all the stuff that ISIS was 
you know, with American-made U.S. Army trucks, Toyota Tundras, outfitted to U.S. Army specs, fellas. Don't forget that. (laughs) ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox all aired this three-mile-long convoy of these guys and Toyota Tundras at the time, the most American-made vehicle on the planet, outfitted to U.S. Army specs. And you and you got Hezbollah, ISIS, all these guys—a three-mile-long convoy on these vehicles coming to town to destroy this stuff. You know, any yeah. any biblical town, any, you know, anything that's mentioned in the Torah, yeah, uh, you know, any Muslim relic, any any you know Abrahamic religion, period, any of that in the Middle East, they were there. That was their primary target, destroying that or stuff like, first. Uh, Babylonian, Sumerian kind of stuff, like yeah, yeah, a lot of that. Anything with along those lines, with like the, again with like the cuneiform tablet kind of stuff that they the U.S. military confiscated and said they were going to protect and hold them and never gave back or whatever. But and some of those actually to tie this in with the giant thing. So, so normally it's it's made by pressing you know a, a reed into clay or whatever, and it's like the writing is like this small. Some of them the the actual markings are like huge and. That's to circle back to the, the the race of giants thing or whatever is that the cuneiform is like someone must have been holding you know a log to make it, and some of the tablets are made with giant marking there. Just yeah. circling back, just getting weird. I don't know. <laughs> no, I like it. I like it. Yeah, like I said, none of this is uh, anything that I've ever done research into, so I know nothing. The only thing uh, that makes me think of is Monuments Men, that horrible movie with George Clooney and Matt Damon where they go try to save art from around the world during World War II. Oh, God, I've never saw that. <laughs> Dude, it's horrendous. It's so... so it's... My, my dad loves so many movies. He couldn't... He, I think he walked out of that one because it was so bad. Saving art during World War II with the Ocean's Eleven cast? Basically, yeah. Okay. I've never even heard of it. Oh, that's because it was so horrendous. Okay, so why. don't watch it. Okay. Yeah, it sounds bad. Oh, it's 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 <laughs> real bad. Well, let me see if I sounds can uh, <laughs> I can pull up the Are there trailer. any boobies at least? Like, you know, just one accidental I mean No? No, but it's there there probably is in the art if you you know there we go. If you find okay, that there's stuff, plenty of that. Yeah. Yeah, if you find that stuff arousing. <laughs> you, can, you, you can go for that one. Here, here's the idiotic trailer. While we must and will win this war, we should also remember the high price that will be paid if the very foundation of modern society is destroyed. It's a Michelangelo joke to be made. You're just the man to make it. We have been tasked to find Matt Damon painting. Come on. Well, the chaps are all very anxious to get started. We have your architect from Chicago, a sculptor. Is that Bill Murray? All of fine arts and a few other experts in various fields of art. So many big name actors were in this. Like Olympians. You want to go into a war zone and tell our boys that cannon cannot blow up. That's the idea. If you would just read the orders. I'll tell you what these orders say. Don't knock out Colonel old Bill. Do not interrupt me, Lieutenant. I think that went well. We're going to start with a friend in Paris who's going to have some idea where the French are hidden. How can I help you steal our Wow. Skills? Yeah, how have I never Nazi heard of taking anything with them? Because it's so it must be really bad. It is Look at this. It says if Hitler dies or if Germany falls, they're to destroy everything. Everything. 
We gotta move. They tell us who cares about art, but they're wrong. It is the exact reason that we're fighting for a culture, for a way of life. What is all this? People's lives. Hitler wants everything. It's your responsibility now. So this is a movie on cultural genocide. Anyway, I can't. <laughs> you can wow. make, you I can love make any movie right look crescendo. great um, in a trailer. Um, trailers. I've, I've got a hard time seeing him and not hearing Matt Damon. Yeah. <laughs> Every time. Dude. What is that? Uh, Team America? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Team America. Oh, my God. So good. So good. I've been rewatching South Park recently, and they're, mm. I mean... Matt Matt Stone and Trey Parker are just freaking geniuses. Yeah, um, and I was uh, Mary and I were just talking because I was like, "Do you realize, like, on our second date, you were at my house watching Team America?" <laughs> second date, <laughs> and she, she, she's just Team like, America. "Yeah, and, and, yeah." And she's like, "I don't think you realize I was there for you and not anything else." And I was like, <laughs> "That so was really tolerated." The day America. after, that's when I realized, you know. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. That that's absolutely a bold, makes sense. That's a bold movie suggestion for day two, my friend. Oh, but hey, I had ghost pepper salsa. All right, so. yeah, spicy oh, that, movie, spicy food. That was that was the other way I realized she was the one. Mm-mm. No <laughs> one wants ghost pepper salsa except me and my wife. <laughs> Y'all are crazy. That is way too hot. Salsa. Yeah. Oh, we throw down, bro. I've had a ghost oh. pepper beer actually. Uh, what? I've had a habanero beer. I've had okay. habanero. I can do ghost pepper. No, I've That's had uh, scorpion pepper beer, ghost pepper beer, some really <laughs> really hot beer. Stuff? What's that? Say? Used to... Where do you find all this stuff? My drug dealer. No. There's a uh, scorpion pepper IPA. I think Stone made one a few years That's ago. That's one of them. Yeah. They won an award for it. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It's hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i think uh we're about out of uh conversation topics for the night um because if we get started on another one it's going to be way longer than seven minutes i know that for certain um, yeah so you, you stopped me right before i was going to get into the grand canyon and that it's a military no-fly zone and blah 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 and so yeah. robert hey save me some of that meat please the ghost pepper meat i would love to ghost have some of that meat i didn't see that i want that yes Oh, I love ghost mead. pepper mead. Wow. Oh, I want that sweet and heat. Yes. I was just at our local meadery here. That's really good. But. One of my buddies who uh, lives in Georgia and is going to come on the show soon. Actually, Alden, you and him would get along just absurdly well. He makes yeah. a awesome mead. Ooh, yeah. 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 He's very oh, good. We'll, at then it. we'll be friends. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. all it takes. <laughs> yeah. No, he's he's. Him and his family are considering moving up here with with me and Nikki. So, um, to Montana. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, I'm man. excited to be out there, man. Yeah, I'm sad it's, it's like, not a real place. Um, you know. <laughs> oh, I meant to ask you: Are you wait? Are you in the cabin or the van? Where are you at right now? Uh, my neighbor's house. Um, oh, okay, okay, okay. They're doing. Con- I was like, that's a big van. <laughs> yeah, no, we're in the middle of construction um, on the on the landing where my van is right now. I'm moving the van up to the top of the mountain. Um, so I'll get much better reception. Okay. Um, so <laughs> it'll be fantastic. Uh, nice. And I won't be working or I won't be living in a construction zone, which will be great. 
So it's but, preferred. Yeah, man. Well, y'all, for anybody else who is, uh, for anybody who's still listening to this after the last five minutes of complete and utter nonsense, um, <laughs> we really appreciate your viewership. We appreciate you listening. Um, people like you are the reason that we're going to, you know, keep this thing growing. They're the reason that we, well, I think even if no one was listening, we'd still do this at some level. <laughs> we'd sure. still at least like get on a conference call and talk nonsense. I mean, me and Alden do that like once or once every couple of months it. anyway. <laughs> we have it now as much because we have this now. Yeah, yeah, it's true. So yeah, thank you all for tuning in. We really appreciate it. Uh, do we have anything to promote, Stephen, Zane? Uh, just Libertarian Party of Georgia. I mean, that's, you know, if you've been on the fence considering signing up, um, don't use us as the, as the metric for why. Uh, mm -hmm. But if we are, thank you. Uh, but, uh, you know, otherwise, uh, you know, once you join, we will be the kind of guys that help you. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> and, and we do appreciate it. And, and, Absolutely. And we will not personally benefit from you joining, by the way. There are many others. Uh, but, uh, I, I would just say that, you know, if there's a single issue that has motivated you to get active, please do it. We will help you. It's already been on our radar. We just need people like you to help us. Yes. hundred percent. Um, yeah. So go to lpgeorgia.com. Follow us on Twitter at LP Georgia. You can follow my company at peaceful C productions. Um, you can follow Zane at Rothbard enjoyer. I need to find a new Twitter handle because that one's not very good. It's a hard thing to say. I made it when I, you know, pretty much made a Twitter account to exclusively follow people and not actually tweet anything. But then I saw you were tweeting out the clips from last week's show and you like tagged me and I'm like, wow, I need to find a better Twitter handle. Yeah. This also got his wife. You know, hey girl, you want to hashtag Rothbard enjoyer? So okay. that, that might that might be changed next week, but I probably will <laughs> I probably will not be on the show next week because I am going to Pork Fest. Oh man, I wish I could go to Pork Fest. That would be so much fun. Well, you're the one who lives in the van. Why don't you go? <laughs> well, my van is stuck on a mountain right now. So they're gonna have an emo night from what I hear as well. I heard that too. That sounds great. Yeah. Y'all, we're gonna end on one video that uh, our producer Zach um, has put into the comments. So let's let's do this. One minute. Here we go. From the public-private partnership that brought you Operation Warp Speed comes other things you would think take more time. Warp Speed Engineering. Warp Speed Adoption. Warp Speed Construction. Warp Speed Carnival Ride Safety Inspection. Warp Speed Sex Changes. Warp Speed Religious Conversion. Warp Speed Facelifts. Warp Speed Military Training. As seen in Ukraine. Warp Speed Wineries, Breweries, and Distilleries. Warp Speed Blood Drives. Warp Speed Biopsies. Warp Speed Tattoos. Warp Speed Film Productions. As seen in Rust. Warp Speed Agriculture and Farming. Training. Warp Speed Degrees, Diplomas, and Other Certificates. Warp Speed Criminal Trials. Due Process or Don't. It's your call. Warp Speed Assisted Suicide. And more. Before Warp Speed Airlines, I used to have my flights canceled all the time due to staffing shortages. Not anymore. Warp Speed can turn a forklift driver into a pilot in a matter of minutes. Oh, I think that's my captain speaking. He sounds like a nervous flyer. Show us something that shouldn't be rushed, and we'll show you what it looks like when it is. From the nice. That was great. As that seen was in rust. As seen oh, in rust. No. Oh man! Did you see the charges were dropped against him. Uh, of course, charges were dropped. Oh yeah, it sounds like the old. Uh, did you see the power thirst video from back in the day? 
Power mm-hmm. Thirst. Oh. oh, yeah. That was one that, you know, if you were in college in the early 2000s, you saw the Power Thirst. Is this a Gatorade uh, or a porn? I was in high school in the early 2000s. <laughs> oh, okay. Fair enough. Uh, you were too. What are you talking about? We're the same age. No, I, I was 03. <laughs> I graduated 03. Oh, you graduated early? No. He graduated. Oh, did I graduate late? Have my parents been lying to me my entire life? <laughs> I, was, I, was, <laughs> I was third youngest in my grade, man. That's uh, Wait, yeah. how, how old are you? Oh, you're old, you're when you're older than me. That's what I'm 37. Is. Yeah, okay, I'm 36. Okay, that makes sense. I was 05. Yeah. So I was 05. I'm February birthday. So there we I'm go. 33 now, which is like, you know, a Masonic degree number now like the 33rd degree so it's got to be a good year right gotta be i mean you're moving to tennessee can't go wrong yeah i uh graduated from preschool in 04 so i've got that going for all right yeah yeah and now you're you're working oh my gosh okay well on that note we're gonna end it thank y'all so much for (laughs) (laughs) thank y'all so much for watching we really appreciate it we'll see you next week make sure to tune in to the free georgia podcast i'm starting to put them out every single week again um, come back next week for some more Liberty Libations at 8 p.m. Eastern. See y'all later. Peace.